Defend East County is no more. The Facebook group had grown into an infamous digital forum for people who opposed the social justice protests this summer. As the protests went on, the group grew and became a safe space for hate, racism, and conspiracy theory. As of this weekend, the group was deactivated because of a campaign warning Facebook of the group's potential to incite violence. On the eve of the last day of the election, groups like these are being looked at with skeptical eyes. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Andrew Dyer, you've been covering this group for some time, so let's get us up to speed. What do we know about how this group was taken down from Facebook? Well, we don't know a lot. Um, for one thing, Facebook hasn't commented specifically on on why the page was removed. The, the group was removed. Um, it was removed sometime Saturday morning. Um, by Saturday evening, it was republished for about an hour. And then, um, you know, as soon as I updated my story, it, uh, it was taken down again. And it's been down since. Um, its leader, Justin Haskins, uh, a resident of uh, Yuma, Arizona, who used to live in East County, um, I, I, I texted him and I asked him what was going on with this group and if he'd been able to appeal, if Facebook said anything to him. Uh, he did not respond to my text message. Um, however, he did tell uh, Fox 5 yesterday that the action is under review by Facebook. Okay. And what do we know about Facebook's decision-making to take it down? Like, did it violate a specific term of service, or basically, why did they make this decision? You know, your guess is as good as mine. Um, I asked the company, I emailed the company twice on Saturday, and I haven't I haven't heard back. I, I tweeted at them. Um, they did not respond. Uh, so, you know, your guess is as good as mine. Um, the company's been widely criticized in failing to address extremism organizing on the platform. Um, you might remember in the militia that responded in Kenosha that led to uh, two protesters being shot and, and, and murder charges for a, a teenager in Illinois, um, that was organized on Facebook. And the company came out and said, okay, yes, we, we haven't done enough to address this. Um, now, they did say that they were looking to uh, tamp down on on conspiracy groups and organized um, groups that are organizing violent responses. Um, it's kind of a vague, a vague uh, description of of the groups that they're removing. I think the most well known groups that they removed are like Boogaloo groups, um, other militias, and uh, the QAnon conspiracy groups. Um, there's been waves of sweeps of those groups being removed. Um, now, there may have been aspects of each of those types of movements present in Defend East County. There was definitely stuff from QAnon. Um, there was one former member of the group who um, posted pictures and talked about his short-barreled barreled rifle, which um, earned him uh, a visit from the FBI and resulted in a federal weapons charges and a gun violence restraining order because he made violent threats online. Um, however, the the charging the documents in that case don't say specifically that those threats were made in Defendees County. Um, before I was removed from the group in August, 
I certainly saw plenty of examples of members um, talking about uh, the desire to shoot protesters or run over protesters. And, you know, they shared videos of, of protesters getting run over and uh, videos of right wing uh, groups um, attacking uh, Black Lives Matter protesters in, in the streets of other cities. So um, there's certainly that element there. But um, to try to talk specifically about what might have led to this, uh, we just have no information. Mm hmm. And you mentioned it earlier, but in August, you wrote a story kind of explaining what this group was and the kind of speech that were common in it. Uh, can you recap that story from August to give people a sense of what this group was and the dialogue that was occurring in there? Sure. So the group started uh, the day after the, the big La Mesa protest um, on May 30th that uh, kind of devolved into a riot which saw two banks in downtown La Mesa burned to the ground. Another building set a fire. Um, a bunch of stores were looted, uh, including a Vons and played against sports. There was a lot of damage done. Um, and it's, it's certainly kind of easy to see how something like that can be traumatizing to a community. So a lot of residents um, kind of flocked to this, this group that was established the next day. Um, you know, during the, that night in La Mesa, you know, I was there with other UT reporters and photographers covering that. Um, the businesses where individuals came and stood outside, um, most of them unarmed, um, were left alone by by the looters. So there was some sort of precedent to say, like, hey, if you stand in front of a business, they'll leave it alone, um, because that's what happened in La Mesa. But Whenever you kind of cast that wide of a net, you attract a lot of different types of people. And, um, you know, the group grew very quickly. Um, by the time I wrote my first, well, I wrote, first wrote about the group uh, a couple weeks later, and um, it was already um, approaching 20,000 members. Um, since I wrote the uh, the big uh, investigative piece in August, it's grown more to, to more than 22,000 members. Um, but right, so they're organizing responses to, to Black Lives Matter protests, um, whether they be in La Mesa, Santee, Lakeside, Poway, uh, anywhere that there's going to be a protest, um, there's kind of a working assumption in the group that we need to be there to protect businesses because these protests lead to violence. Um, and the fact that there hasn't been property destruction, looting, arson, at protests um, in a significant way in San Diego since La Mesa um, has kind of emboldened them. They, they take credit for that, that you know, ever since we started organizing with Defendius County, we haven't had looting. Um, now, whether or not there's a cause and effect relationship there is certainly up for debate. Um, but, you know, 22,000 people, there's a lot of local politicians, um, citizens, business owners, in that group and um among them the ones that actually go to these protests and encounter demonstrate is much much smaller um the videos and photos that we've seen from these uh protests you know if they get 30 40 50 people that's a big that's a that's a big showing for them um the the, the core people on the ground responding to the social justice protest is much smaller than that, that 22,000 faith 
Mm-hmm. And it seems like Facebook's concern for groups like these is that these spaces become kind of the breeding ground for someone to take action, like you mentioned what happened in Kenosha with Kyle Rittenhouse. And with that fact, were there discussions of, you know, a so-called militia being created in that group? Like, were there any signs of getting closer to people actually choosing to do something versus just, you know, standing outside businesses and kind of creating distance between the BLM protesters and the DEC people? So early on, um, the the first time I wrote about this group, um, there had been a video shared online um, by an unidentified man, and, and, and uh, I believe he had a passenger in his truck, where they talked about they were going to form a militia or that they represented a militia of 5,000 people and that you come to East County, um, this is what you're going to run into. Um, now, the leaders of, of Defend East County at that time, um, people affiliated with the leadership, you know, they disavowed that. Um, uh, you know, I met up with them in Santee a conversation in a, in a parking lot um, where they, they said, you know, they're not trying to be a militia. Um, now, there have been uh, some infighting in the group. Um, one of the former leaders, a guy named Mike Forzano, um, left the group and started his own Facebook defender group called Exile Patriots. Um, and that's when Justin Haskins, who actually started the Facebook group, kind of became the, uh, the kind of the face and the leader of it. Um, you know, he has said, you know, he, he denounces uh, racism. He says he denounces militias and that they are not a militia. Um, and and um, to his credit, the administrators of the group, you know, they did start trying to get control of some of the, the racially charged um, conversations that were happening. Um, when I say racially charged, I mean racist. They, people did talk uh, insensitively uh, about uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and, and Black identity and all kinds of, of fraught kind of things. Um, but with a group that large, uh, you know, it, it's tough to, to monitor everything that happens in the group. So um, I have not been a member of the group for uh, more than two months now. Um, but when I was still in the group, uh, certainly there was people who, you know, in frustration would say things like, I- I'm done, are we going to wait for them to fire the first shots? Um, stuff like that, some very uh, violent rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the things that's kind of hard to wrap your brain around is that the algorithm that Facebook serves you is based off of your previous interactions. So if you're someone who has views that are predisposed to, you know, those hateful and angry things, you're going to see those posts in Defendees County. While if you're, you know, someone who just likes a ton of cat photos, you might see like, you know, more prosaic things on whatever groups you're in. So it's very hard to judge from a, you know, neutral perspective because this system is our own kind of funhouse mirror into whatever the, the algorithm thinks we want. Right. And, and that was one of the interesting things whenever I was looking through the group, because I had been a member almost from the beginning, but um, because of the way that the Facebook algorithm interacts with me, it wasn't showing me um, a lot of posts from the group. I had to go to the group and do like keyword searches 
for things like shoot and gun and, and the different keywords that would come up in these conversations in order to find them. Um, so there's a lot of people in the group. There's a lot of conversations. There's a lot of threads. Some of these threads would have five, 600 comments. Um, so it, it's certainly uh, likely that a majority of the 22,000 members, um, maybe they didn't see a lot of the, the conversation happening because if you don't interact and you're not in the algorithm, it's going to show it to you on, on your newsfeed. Mm-hmm. And there was some resistance to this group in East County. Uh, can you explain uh, those organizers? Sure. So there's been a couple uh, of, you know, uh, racial justice organizers in East County. Um, there's a East County BIPOC coalition, um, which is led by young women of color uh, who live in, um, I think most of them live in Santee. Um, there's been uh, other groups that have organized Black Lives Matter and protests in Santee and um, in East County uh, because they feel like people who live there need to see that, you know, uh, people of color are part of their community and they're part of this uh, movement for, for more racial justice and, and equality in, in policing. Um, and so there was kind of a, uh, an effort by these groups to be present in Santee and be present in these East County communities. Um, and whenever they would have demonstrations, often members of these defender type groups would show up. Um, sometimes uh, they'd stay out of the way and stay near the businesses. Um, but as time went on, um, you know, it became more confrontational. Um, on August 1st, there was a, a protest in La Mesa where a large number of counter demonstrators showed up and there was an altercation between some of them and the Black Lives Matter demonstrators, which led to one counter demonstrator getting arrested. Um, there was a lot of, there was, you know, videos and photos posted online from that. Uh, there was more altercations than, than the one that just led to that one arrest. Um, but these groups, you know, have been kind of you know, so to speak, sending up warning flares about Bendy's County because of well, what they see as a, a real threat to them. They've they've said that they've been, you know, stalked and followed home from protests. Um, I, I've seen a lot of chatter online of people taking pictures of license plates and, and um, looking at what cars people are driving to protest. Um, some have said that people have been driving by their homes. Um, now, I can't confirm any of this. Um, it, it's unsubstantiated, but these are the things that the activists are, are saying is happening um, in East County, and, and they attribute it to their involvement with these protests. Um, so at some point in the recent past, they um, decided to try to get Facebook to act. Um, one of the organizers um, claimed that, you know, they... You know, um, he didn't go into details about about how they got Facebook to act, but um, by kind of raising awareness of, of these things that were happening and flagging it to the company, um, they say that that's what led to the, the group being removed. Um, I can't confirm this because Facebook won't respond to our questions, um, but that that's what they said. Mm-hmm. And in covering uh, DEC for the past several months, what has the response been from the wider community and readers? 
Well, uh, the response, I mean, um, predictably is polarized uh, depending on how you feel about um, the state of policing in the United States and the state of social unrest and the Black Lives Matter movement really depends on how you uh, read um, our reporting on the group. Um, we, I do get a lot of negative feedback from the community um, that say, hey, you're missing, you're missing what this group is all about. Um, we have birthday caravans. We had a, a father-daughter dance. We, you know, we saved animals during the fire, and we've, um, you know, done all of these positive things for the community, um, which is, you know, accurate. They did do those things. Um, however, that's not what the issue here is. The issue is all of the other things that are that are happening, um, and even if it is just a small percent of of the larger community, um, it warrants examination and it warrants critique and, and review because um, as we've seen elsewhere in the country of the potential for uh, real world harm to come to people. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, uh, the national rhetoric is playing a big role here. Uh, election day or the end of the election season, however you want to slice it, is tomorrow. Do you think that there was palpable fear in the community that members of this group may choose to incite violence tomorrow? Was that kind of a, a subtext of your reporting? You know, the fear is there. Whether or not there's been any specific or general threat from the group, I haven't seen any evidence of it. Um, you know, there have been, you know, caravans, you know, Trump caravans, um, both in vehicles and in a boat parade. Um, but these aren't specifically organized in, in Defendi's County. Um, I know that they were, you know, these events are happening. They would be shared in the group and, you know, members of the group may choose to attend them. But um, as far as specific uh, plans to do any kind of poll watching or anything like that, um, I haven't seen any evidence of that. Um, that doesn't mean it didn't happen. And if anybody um, watching this has evidence, you know, please send it to me. I'd be very interested to see that. But as of now, I haven't seen anything specific. But that's kind of, um, you know, when I first started reporting on this, uh, one of the activists I talked to, you know, the whole point of what Defend East County was doing, uh, according to the activist, is just trying to intimidate them into not protesting, not coming to Santee, and, and not standing on street corners and not marching through the city. Um, this activist was saying that that was their real goal was to have these uh, protests stop happening. So even without a specific threat to do anything during the election, just the the mere presence and, and, and knowing that they're out there um, is enough for these activists to feel threatened and feel targeted. Um, in the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, two candidates for Congress in, in East County, um, Amar Kambanajar and, and Daryl Issa, um, have each appeared uh, in live streams on the in the group um, with its leader, Justin Haskins. Um, Daryl Issa posted a video of him talking with some members um, recently. Uh, and so there was, it's undeniable that the group was, uh, at least Justin Haskins in the leadership, was, you know, wading into politics in East County. Um, Haskins endorsed Daryl Issa. He endorsed uh, for the mayor in Santee. Um, he endorsed other candidates. Um, so there is a an, 
an element of electioneering in the group. And um, that's one of the things that um, the activist I talked to for my story on Saturday um, said was something really concerning to him and, and the other activists in the community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that's the problem here is that that electioneering gives a degree of legitimacy to the group. And for those, you know, more radicalized individuals, that's kind of the, the steps that may make someone make a poor decision while, you know, the people who save animals and have birthday caravans, you know, they're not necessarily at risk of doing something that could hurt someone while someone who's already on that path could be, you know, viewing this as a green light to continue down that path. Right. And so there's um, something that researchers call stochastic terrorism, which is just having these conversations and this kind of idea out there is enough to influence, um, you know, these so-called lone wolf actors. Um, and and the uh, the idea with stochastic terrorism is that these, they're not really lone wolves, that they're all part of this larger um, ideology. And uh, it only takes, you know, one person to act. Um, now, with Defendi's County being offline, um, this certainly doesn't mean that there's no more organizing um, in East County. Um, there's a Defend East County Conservatives group, there's a prayer group, there's a there's a biker group, there's a caravan group, and then there's also another group. It's called uh, the Choir Boys. Now, the Defend East County Choir Boys, this is the, the secret group on Facebook, so you can't find it just by searching. Um, but the Choir Boys, these are the people that respond on the ground to the demonstrators. In order to get into DC Choir Boys, um, you know, just Haskins had to know you and had to be somebody that showed up to counter-demonstrate. Uh, the Defendi's Counter Fire Boys is still on Facebook. Um, I, I saw a comment yesterday. Um, somebody couldn't find the group and, and, and was responding to Haskins and somebody uh, responded and said, hey, I just sent you the invite. So um, the Choir Boys, the group where the on-the-ground response organizes, is still on Facebook. It, it, it's just a larger Defendi's County group that, that's gone. So while there has been um, action by Facebook, it's certainly not the end of, of organizing in East County. Certainly. And it, it's kind of what we're seeing with all tech giants is that there is no effective strategy of stopping discussions that could lead to violence because, you know, there are so many heads to this snake that it's impossible to snuff out, even if that was the goal of these tech companies. Right. And and now the tech companies, I mean, they're getting it from from all sides because uh, conservatives and conservative politicians, you know, they see this as censoring conservative speech. And, and you'll see that from a lot of you know, leaders in the Senate and in Congress. Um, Justin Haskins himself has said, you know, this is part of Facebook moving to censor conservatives, whereas um, Democrats and liberals and other activists you know, they say Facebook isn't doing enough to address um, people who have the potential to, to cause violence. So um, obviously the companies are under a lot of pressure to, to get it right, so to speak. But it, it just raises all of these questions about, you know, if the if the public square has moved into the digital digital space, um, we now entrust these these companies to um be the referees of what belongs in public discourse and what doesn't, um, 
we've really kind of, I think, surrendered something something to them by by going uh, moving everything online. But um, you know, whether or not they're up to the challenge, um, I don't know. Yeah, certainly. And you know, in groups like this and in groups across Facebook the tension that many people are feeling because of the election and because of the pandemic and the pandemic recession, you know, it's just making it even more tense. We have a confluence of crises, I think. Um, and on that digital space is, is where they all come to a head. All right. Andrew Dyer. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks, Daniel. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix. Tomorrow is election day, so instead of our usual mid-afternoon broadcast, we'll be going live shortly after the first results are tallied for San Diego County, probably around 8.30. Until next time.